Folks, here we go. Time for another episode of the General Knowledge Podcast, Season Four, Episode Four, coming at you guys. Big thanks to all the all the listeners out there who uh, enjoy the podcast, share it, and all that sort of stuff. We've got plenty of numbers, just about around the sixty-five thousand download mark now. With about this will be episode I think eighty-six of. I've published, including, of course, a few teaser ones for the bonus show. Hope everyone can join me over there on the Patreon. We've um, I think the last one I put up uh was actually no the last one i was gonna say was uh, an interview i did with um a retired doctor over in the states there doctor and he's an author now robert yoho but i've also done a, a swap cast i'll tell you boys a little bit of that that shortly but um for me uh joining me for the show is andy uh, soames my good mate andy hey guy brother thanks for um sparing the time on a lazy sunday afternoon g'day general yeah 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 going really good mate yeah thanks for um Thanks for beautiful, coming on, bro. Beautiful Brisbane uh, summer day. Yeah, it's good. And uh, I sent you guys a pic in the group, <laughs> sitting outside with the missus having a cocktail. What a better... Uh, what, it was fucking just a beautiful afternoon. I'm sitting here smoking up uh, some meat and uh, having, a, having a fucking cup of cocktails. It's awesome. Make the most of it, you know, before it all turns to shit again. <laughs> I- Thousand downloads? Did I hear that correctly? Sixty, um, yeah, just sixty-five thousand, just about. So, yeah, it's pretty good. Five thousand. Wow, that's terrific, mate. Yeah, yeah really good. Getting out there, people love it. Uh, Ethan, Ethan's in the wings as well. Thanks for uh, joining us, mate. Good to be here, General. I'm um, looking forward to another good episode. Lots to talk about, as always. So. Mm. Yeah, we'll see how we go. We're on the verge of uh, Queensland transforming into, you know, a dystopian type of state like the rest of the country's been engulfed in. So look yeah. forward to chatting about that and just everything that's going on. Well, I think by the time in, in two weeks' time, roughly when we get the next episode up, it'll all be done and dusted. It'll be, um, what's that, 17th? So, um, yeah, it'll be the Friday. Is that a Friday, I think? Um yeah, I think so. yeah, we usually do it on a Sunday or a Saturday, roughly. So, yeah, we'll so, be we'll be two days into segregation by then. So, <laughs> yeah. So, if you're listening to this now and you're unvaccinated at uh, present, you are not a domestic terrorist. But uh, by the time the next episode rolls around, you will in fact be a domestic health terrorist. That's it. Yep. Mm-hmm. And power to you. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, uh, because yourself and Andy and uh, and me, we're all up in Queensland. We do have a guest with us joining us for the show. She's back again. Uh, joined us a couple of months ago for a show. We've got 
The lovely uh, retired nurse Naomi Cook joining us, activist, author. Jeez, what else can you say about it? All-round good chick. She's awesome. Um, everyone, all the listeners should know who she is. If you're not following her, make sure you do. Jump on the Telegram. I'll put a link in the notes as well to join her on Telegram and to follow all the stuff she puts up. But uh, anyone in Sydney will probably, has probably seen her speak at some of the rallies down there. Naomi, how are you going? Thanks for coming on to have a chat with the boys. Hey, it's good to be back, guys. Except for retired nurse. Makes me sound really old. <laughs> <laughs> it does, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Ex-nurse Not, name, he doesn't sound old. <laughs> ex-nurse, and that actually has some negative connotations to it as well. I don't know, what do we, we have to work, we'll work on that, we'll figure it out, don't worry about it. <laughs> what about nurse? It's very formal and posh. Yes, yeah, all right, we'll, we'll go with that. <laughs> Former registered nurse. Rebel yeah. nurse. Rebel one. Rebel, Rebel, I like that better, actually. Let's go with that. Rebel, Rebel nurse. <laughs> Well, anyway, it's good to have you on, mate. Thanks for um, coming on. It'd be good to get your perspective on things happening down there in New South Wales as well. Of course, that's where you are. Um, can I just... We'll just quickly touch on before we get into all the, the nitty-gritty. It, when is, is segregation happening down there now? Or are they winding it back? I'm hearing lots of different things happening in the news, that's all. And people are saying, oh, no, they've removed all that. They've gotten rid of fucking QR check-ins and all this sort of stuff. What's really happening down there? Give us a bit of a rundown of what the go is. Oh, it's still mega dystopian. Yes. Um, So it opened up for the vaccinated only a few weeks ago. So I don't know, maybe four four or five weeks ago, the vaccinated were allowed to re-enter into society. But we are still supposed to be, ha, 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 in lockdown. Right. (laughs) Staying at home. Yeah, so we, at the moment, yeah, our QR codes are still everywhere. And so, like, I'll go into a store, a clothes store. I can't go and buy my kids' shoes because you need a vaccine passport to enter into the shoe store. I can't go into clothes stores. Mm. Um, yeah, all of that, that's that's happening right now. It was supposed to be lifted on the 1st of December, okay? And the vaccination rate was even higher than they had been anticipating. Like, it was, like, crazy high. Mm. So, okay, maybe we're going to get out of our lockdown early, the non-vaxxed. No, 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 no. They decided to prolong our lockdown even more, even though the vaccination rate was so high. So we are still in lockdown. It is supposed to be lifted mid-December, December the 15th, unless we reach 95% double vax rate here in New South Wales before then. <laughs> wow, that is actually, you're right. That is actually quite dystopian there as well. Actually, yeah, because I've been hearing sort of mixed things and seeing mixed things on you know, the socials and stuff. Uh, Ethan, did you want to chime in there? Yeah, well, Naomi, I saw you put up a post recently that showed, I'm not sure what venue it was, but it was a packed uh, Saturday night in one of the venues, one of the clubs down there, just absolutely packed to the rafters. But you put up, you know, this is happening in this state at the moment, everyone going out and just packed venues, but I still can't do the things that you just mentioned. And, you know, talking about the uh, the contradictions of science there, I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> Yeah, it's absolutely crazy. And like, you know, we're mixing with the vaccinated, like on a bus, we're allowed to get on a bus, for example, but you get off the bus and then you go into a closed door. Oh, no, 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 can't do that. Might pass on germs. That's ridiculous. So, so that's really happening right now. People are getting turned away from just doing basic shopping and stuff uh, because they don't have a vaccine passport. Yeah. Yeah, and it's annoying because, like, getting shoes to kids Fucking oath, it's is annoying. really hard. You have, to get, you, have to, you have to get them online and they don't fit. So you get a pair of, like, Reeboks sent in the post and they don't fit. And you have to go back to the post. Oh. It's very, very annoying. I'm hope, I really do hope in two weeks. But 
some people are going, oh no, they're never going to lift it. But I don't. I'm not, not going to say that. I'm not going to. I'm not going to create that by saying that. Try and be a bit positive. Yeah. But I mean, look, we all kind of expected it. We knew it was coming. And I guess for those that didn't kind of, you know prepare for it in in a sense and and get all that stuff done the basics done before it happened or or try and align themselves with outlets and retailers that they know are going to be a bit more on their side but i suppose it's quite hard if you just want to do some basic stuff like going to kmart even i've seen some videos where a bloke you know he got turned away from bunnings he got turned away from kmart you know like by some just a security guard at the door saying no 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 you got to show your passport blah 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 like oh wow like it's it's here it really is here folks I mean, the big thing for me is that, yeah, it's the it's the end of term, end of the year even. And so mm. there are school things on at the moment and they won't let you onto the school grounds unless you're double vaxxed. And you have to show your QR code at the door, at the gate, before they let you in and your vaccine passport to let you in to see your kid's presentation. Goodness me. So all those folks out there who have got their kids graduating, they've got their awards ceremonies and all that sort of stuff. Oh, um, yeah, we're a bit lucky up here in Queensland because they didn't have that. That's, you know, school's going to be all well adjusted. You know, well, this this is the last week for, for school coming up right now. Um, so that's all done and dusted here. So they've got then it's the week after, well, it's, you know, that sort of following week where uh, it all kicks in. So they've planned it, you know, a little bit uh, more nicely. I don't know. How do you put it yeah. for us up here? More convenient. <laughs> more convenient. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And of course, um, yeah, we've got the new um, <laughs> the new moronic strain is out. Oh, sorry, not moronic. I mean, uh, Omicron. Um, that's that's now, of course, uh, doing the rounds. But I'm I'm hearing whispers. Are you guys all seeing the same thing? Because Danielle and I, my wife and I, were keeping a close eye on all the headlines, and we're seeing a trend. They're all they're actually downplaying this new strain. They're talking about Omicron. Oh, it might be our way out of the pandemic. We're seeing these kind of headlines. We're seeing things like oh, it's not as severe and all this sort of stuff. And yet we're still seeing a few headlines coming out of other countries saying things like, well, the opposite, basically, oh, it's now targeting, you know, Omicron targets younger. <laughs> I love how they, they phrase it. This parent virus is targeting younger people and, you know, younger age groups. And it, it now causes heart problems and all this sort of stuff. Like they just, it's, it's ridiculous on its face, of course, but this is the sort of thing we've been noticing. I'm not sure if there's anyone else in this uh, chat noticed that same sort of uh, messaging coming across that, that they are downplaying how severe this is and then this could be our way out of this. I might ask you first, Ethan, have you, have you noticed that um, in some of the headlines that you're seeing? I have, General. Uh, my estimation is that they're still going ahead with this whole plan that it's going to ramp up over the holiday period so we do see a lot of this but one thing that i've noticed is that there's always but this is to be confirmed on the end mm. so they say well this is a mild strain but we're still waiting to see the results we're still waiting to see the aftermath we're still waiting to analyze it etc cetera, etc cetera. and i think that this is just a way to obviously begin to ramp up the fear so they have justification so they don't have to open the borders people don't get to travel like they were promised Mm -hmm. once they got vaccinated but at the same time also plant the seeds for the new year once it comes around and we start going into the the new months of the new year and they've got all of their christmas uh, spending etc etc and people have been allowed to go out a little bit 
that's when they're going to ramp it up and all oh, things have changed and this is what i predict it's going to you know be more susceptible to children the narrative things are changed and now you know the science is always changing and we've seen this before how quickly their so-called science can just change in an instant so mm. i think it's part of the the plan but you know maybe i'm too skeptical you know no, maybe I think- I think you're right. I'm going to call it now. I'm going to say by the time 2022, uh, you know, term one of of the school uh, next year is underway, just in probably maybe the week or two leading up to it, uh, I reckon they're going to ramp it up a bit more and they're going to start saying, you know, probably more, maybe not in Queensland, but a lot of uh, the other states, perhaps it'll be, you know, you, your children have to be vaxxed to go to school or, you know, they'll have to have at least their first dose before or there'll be whatever age group, you know, it might be a certain age group within the school. But I think they're going to do it uh, for the next school year. Um, it'll definitely be a vaccine requirement for school, and I believe anyway. Um, mm-hmm. I hope I'm wrong. I really do hope I'm wrong. But that's I kind of see that that's where it's going um, just because of sure. what's been happening. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Naomi, have you seen that as well? I was about to say Nurse Naomi. <laughs> <laughs> you can call me that still. That's okay. <laughs> have you noticed that as well about this, um, yeah. the moronic strain yeah. coming out, that they're sort yeah. of sort of downplaying in a sense that this is possibly our way out of the pandemic, but, yeah. you know, they're not really, like yeah. Ethan said, not sort of putting it in uh, in concrete, you know? Yeah, definitely. And it's like almost like intentionally confusing because it's like the, the threat of the new strain in the same paragraph as saying so far the cases are mild and asymptomatic and and they can't yet say for example um it the vaccines won't work for it which they ultimately will want to if they want to create new vaccines because they want everyone to get boosted so they're like kind of saying the vaccines may not work but 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 we have to all get your boosters and also, by the way, I think it was today the TGA has given provisional um, authorization for the 5 to 11 age yeah, group. Yeah, yeah. That ties in with what you guys were saying. Yeah, yeah, definitely wanted to go over that too, of course, on the show because, yeah, you're right. That um, that news came out. <laughs> you got to love it. It comes out on a Sunday where they somehow come out with this big statement. Of course, they, they had planned this you know, well in advance that they were going to do it. What I'd like to know, and, and give us your opinion, you know, I mean, because we kind of talked about this the last time you were on the show about them wanting to come after the kids next and you know pregnant mothers and all this sort of stuff. What is this decision based on? Is Atagi basing this on on anything? Any what what data is this coming from? Is this coming purely from overseas or, or what? What's your what's your guess on this one? You mean you mean in terms of vaccinating the kids? And, yeah, and yeah. The, the the decision to to vaccinate the five to or to approve the the Pfizer shot for five to eleven year olds. What is what are they basing this on? Yeah, exactly. It's just abs- on absolutely nothing because mm. children don't even get sick. Like it is absolutely insane, insane that anyone would even think about vaccinating their five-year-old. Yeah, I just can't work it out. I don't understand what the deal is. You know, because that's they've, they've said this from the beginning, haven't they, boys? You know, like the, the kids are the least susceptible, the least, the, you know, the smallest group that this thing targets all the statistics of death seem to be in the average age group of about 87 years old that this so-called virus is attacking. And yet now they've approved this vaccine for the kids. I mean, come on, what is going on here? Andy, what do you make of that, mate? This, this, it, it, we all kind of knew it was coming, but what do you think the purpose is, Andy, of them approving this vaccine for that age group? Oh, well, <clears throat> yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Um, I just think they've got to the stage 
where um, they can get away with it now. I really do. You know, I, I just think that they they're very clever at, at doing their research and getting the, the mood and the feel and and um, what's going on with the public. And I think if they can get away with it, which it seems like they are, then they just roll it out. They just roll out their business plan um, uh, to, to see fit because there's no one in media or politics or anywhere that's that's saying what you're saying just now, not one person. So they can completely just get away with the business of selling pharmaceutical products. That's it. It's just it's just a simple thing. Um, and uh, I, I just think you're just going to see much, much more of this, this complete nonsensical, like, um, uh, uh, product pushing as we move forward with this whole scandemic. It's, mm. it's incredible to watch when you have the eyes to see. Well, I guarantee you, boys, um, the next thing we're going to see is they'll they'll come out and say it's approved, been approved for, you know, the pregnant to five-year-olds. You know, that'll be the... that'll be Because well, who else is left? You can't give yeah. it to dead people, you know? <laughs> it's going to be the pregnant women and the, and the, the zero to, to five-year age group. That's all that's left, seriously. It'll be, it'll be on the list for newborns. This thing will be approved for newborns and it'll be mandated for newborns. Guarantee it. That'll be the next thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, can I just ask uh, Naomi one little question about New South Wales? Of course. Sure. Um, up here, like, and, and General will agree with me, but, like, it's retailers and public, we're pretty much, um, everyone's very, very casual with the QR coding at the moment, like shop owners and things like that. I, I yep. can't really see anyone like enforcing it or anything like that. I, me, my wife and people we know walking in and out of shops without a bother at all up here. Um, what's the mood What's the mood in, in Sydney particularly in regards to, you know, the, the Nazi at the front door or the actual, you know, are, you know, are you allowed in or can most stores you walk in or is it just a few that are, that are really you know, resisting yourself. Give me, give yeah. me the mood of what's going on, please. Yes, well, in terms of QR coding, I would say that it's definitely like the mood and the, the feeling around that has shifted um, over the past four weeks when they opened up for the vaccinated. Definitely, there's there was less tension in the air about this QR because I've never, I don't even know how to do a QR code scan. Like I've never done it. I don't know how to do it. So, but it was a bit nerve wracking in the lockdown when everyone was really fearful. It was it was tense. And, and so, you know, you might then do like the handwritten sign in, for example. But yeah, so definitely it's shifted. That's that's fine. Um, I haven't been stopped for not doing that and just like literally just waltzing into a shop and then waltzing out and, and yeah, not doing it. But people around me are doing it, though. Like I just I, everyone's doing it, but I haven't got in trouble for not doing it. And I don't feel as tense not doing it now as I did three months ago in the middle of lockdown. And in terms of the vaccine passports, I do know people who have been walking into shops and I have actually myself walked into some shops that uh, for the vaccinated and I haven't been asked to show anything. But I live in an area that is like vax capital of Sydney. So everyone here is vaccinated. So I think they're just like, oh, well, everyone here is vaccinated anyway. So we're not even going to bother checking. Right. Okay. Yeah. 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 It may, may be different in other suburbs where they have a lower rate. I get the same feeling too, Andy, that that's going to happen up here. Once it, once that ticks over, it'll be a week of everyone, you know, 
security guards at doors, you know, constantly checking everyone, and then everyone will very quickly get tired of that, and it'll stop, and people will just give up, be like, oh, I can't be, I can't be fucked, you know, policing this. You know, people get <laughs> people get very complacent, very lazy with regards to that because they're literally asking for the society to do the work of the so-called police to to do this thing. You know what I mean? Like they're asking us to police ourselves. That's the main problem, and most of us don't want to do that. Even the people who are are vaccinated and love their servitude, they even even they get tired of it. You know what I mean? Because like you said, up here they're very lax with regards to the QR check-ins. I haven't QR'd anywhere. I go to been to a few pubs and things as well, and no one's at these doors. No one's asking if you've done it. No one's making sure you do it. It's very lax. It's good. Like it's. I mean, it's there. You still see the numb nuts walking past. You know, just every shop they go into, scanning their freaking thing and checking in. But people barely even say anything to you. You know, like it was just that initial period of like, oh, we've got to make sure we do this, and then like, ah, oh, I can't be fucked doing it. You know what I mean? People got better things to do than man a door and make sure they check someone's phone for something. You know, it's ridiculous. I think it'll be the same thing. You know, let me a week or two of pain, and then it'll be like, ah, oh, who cares? <laughs> yeah, I think I'm the smaller shops. It, even with. Sorry, you go. Don't name. Said the, the smaller shops. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies I'm, first, Andy. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'll mute myself. I'll mute myself, and then and then I'll speak after Andy. Okay, go. <laughs> I've just got a very quick. I've just noticed quickly that the um, even the big majors like JB Hi-Fi, Woolworths, and things in the beginning of the QR code were mad over it, mm-hmm. and and even hand sanitizer. Remember the days where we had the person at the front of oh, holes and squirting it in your hand. Things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying I mean, to anyway. Those days are gone. So it's it's like it seems to. It seems to fade out, doesn't it? Mm. That's my point with this whole, um, you know, vaccine passport thing. So is this going to be something that just has its moment and then fades out or, or what? Anyway, over to you, Naomi. I think that's a really good point as well. In fact, something different. Um, yeah, I've heard from um, uh, friends in Dubai um, that, yes, it did fade out. Like, and nobody's even checking vaccine passports over there. And over here, too, I think that the big stores where they do have security staff anyway at the doors, so they have the staff already standing there. They are the ones checking, but the smaller stores don't have people to do it. They don't have the staff. They need to be working inside the shop. So, yeah, mm-hmm. they're not they're not doing it. So you have a little sign at the entrance saying you must be double vaxxed to enter but you can just walk in because there's nobody actually able to stand there and go, are you vaxxed? Mm. Yeah. It'll be a massive waste of fucking manpower. Like I said, it'll be two weeks of pain and then it'll be, (laughs) it'll be like it is now, Andy. Um, Yeah. But I mean, I guess in a sense, uh, wink, wink, we're already prepared for that eventuality if we have to uh, do something about that. But um, if anyone needs to know any more about that, they can contact us directly. Uh, Anyway, let's move on. (laughs) (laughs) I just wanted to talk about because this is something major that has come uh, come about today. Everyone had seen, of course, stuff on some social media, um, you know, about how Pfizer had a fifty-year, I think, embargo on the information of their study with regards to the COVID nineteen vaccine, and that information was not to be released for fifty years, according to you know the U.S. government and all that sort of stuff. But as, uh, as there always is, there's some really good people out there who were like, well, people need to know about this. And that information was, of course, leaked. So three months worth of their trial data has made it to the public and has done the rounds. 
of course, I immediately began uh, disseminating that and putting it out there and sharing amongst the groups, of course, so people can uh, have a look for themselves as to what this company has really been up to. Uh, and I'll put a link in the show notes for anyone who wants that information as well. Um, you know, come at me, Pfizer. I dare you. <laughs> like, big deal. What are they going to do to me? Um, they've got all this, all these uh, warnings, of course, you know, confidential for their eyes only, uh, all this sort of business. But this information has gone around the world within minutes, you know what I mean? So, uh, and we, of course, had a copy of that uh, sent through to uh, myself, and we've been going over it. I've had. Uh, a good friend Claire in our uh, Telegram group going over it as well. She's uh, a well-trained, you know, she's a dietitian and nutritionist. She's well-versed in all of this stuff. I've, of course, sent it to uh, uh, Naomi to have a look at as well. So we've got, so we want to go over this. This is some pretty important stuff that we need to kind of get out there. Um, I might just quickly, I've got some notes here I want to go over first before I, I throw it sort of to the group to, to have a chat about. Um, and this was put together by Claire as well. So, here we go. So the FDA slash Pfizer document. So it's got here. So this data comes from the post authorization safety data uh, collected by Pfizer between the 1st of December 2020 and the 28th of February 2021. So a three month gap as of the end of last year. So about 12 months ago, roughly, and t- till the end of February this year. Uh, the post uh, emergency youth auth- emergency use authorization release of the jab for the general population. The data comes from people reporting directly to Pfizer. It comes from cases reported by the health authorities, for example, the DAEN and VAERS. Uh, Cases also published in literature and cases of Pfizer marketing programs. So there's a few avenues where this data has come from. The data is not confirmed uh, as casual, that is caused by the jab. However, uh, this is not proactive data collection, but using a range of passive methods which do not show the full impact of any of the medication. Example, of course, we all know and we've talked about before that Pfizer and the VAERS, sorry, the the VAERS reporting is only about 1% to 10% of all reactions that actually get done. And that's probably about the same for the TGA uh, here in Australia as well. Uh, If the, uh, and also if the adverse reactions uh, happen in less than 2% of the cases, they actually don't report it. Um, so that's another good, important note to mention as well. Uh, there were so many adverse events uh, being reported that Pfizer had to hire staff to help process the data and focused on serious reactions only to speed things up. Another interesting point there as well that people probably weren't familiar with. Uh, total adverse reactions reported, 42,086. And I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, Naomi, you might have that information as well, I Kind of forgot to garner that piece, but there was only about what 50, 56,000 in this particular trial. Is that right? Um, did you? Um, so this is basically is it's it's the post authorization uh, surveillance data. I think so. Isn't this from the general population, i.e., people not in clinical trial? Actually, sorry, so, you're right. That is correct. So, so we don't know what I was trying to find. The so collection. I was, yes, yes. Yeah. How big is? So how many people in that three-month period received their double jabs or, or or any jab? We don't actually know because it said because it's blocked off with a B and a four. It's estimated that approximately B four doses, and you can't you can't see how many doses were actually shipped worldwide because that mm. might give us an idea of how many people. So there were forty-two thousand case reports, but in terms of actual events, one hundred fifty-eight thousand eight hundred ninety-three events. So one individual may may have reported more than one adverse reaction. Basically, that's what that means. Yeah, there you go. So we don't have an, an exact number, but we do have exact 
numbers of events reported. That's right. Um, I'll just move on here through a little bit of this data before I hand it over to you guys to disseminate as well. Um, so total OVX reactions, 42,000. Uh, 46 in uh, an age group less than 16 years. 34 reactions in less than 12 years. Suggesting these were given without the emergency use authorization approval coverage as no one had these age groups in uh, the emergency youth, I'll just say EUA, uh, from the start. So they actually did, they actually gave these jabs in these age groups even though they weren't actually covered in the EUA. Very interesting as well. Um, 1,223, 1,223, 3% of the adverse events reported. So 1,223 deaths. People need to know that. That is 1,200 lives, over 1,200 lives lost purely because of this jab folks and that's just the Pfizer one alone we're talking about here too so out of the 50, out of the um the amount of adverse events reported 3% of them of those were death this is another interesting point 9400 so 22% of of that amount unknown outcomes from adverse reactions meaning they have no idea if the patient recovered is still suffering or dead 9,400, that's 22%, another massive swath of that group. Uh, 11,361, so 27%, not recovered at the time of reporting. Incredible. 520, 1.2% recovered with ongoing conditions from the jab. Fascinating, folks. That is just incredible data that's it's turned up there as well. Um, we've also got a list of other main uh, major things too, like... Uh, lymphadenopathy, so swelling of lymph nodes, tachycardia, uh, increased heart rate, uh, parathesia, pins and needles due to pressure or damage, hypothesia, partial numbness, uh, dyspnea, I think it is, difficulty breathing, I could have that pronounced wrong, sorry about that. Um, Although the percentage below are small, if you take that amount and apply it to the population of Australia, which is roughly 26 million, you are talking about 600,000 people with partial numbness with no idea how many of these will recover and how many will not. So just extrapolating the amount in this particular group and putting it over to Australia's numbers, uh, we're talking massive numbers of people. Uh, I've got some other stats here, which I'll put this in the show notes for people to read. Uh, Only got a few more to go through, guys. Anaphylaxis, 1,002 anaphylaxis cases, but they state there were 1,002 cases 54% 54% of the potentially relevant cases retrieved. Um, 2,958 potentially relevant case uh, events from the search strategy, meaning there is potentially nearly 3,000 cases, but they only checked 54% of them and are only reporting 54% of them. So incredibly amount. For anaphylaxis, they only grabbed a, a certain amount and went, oh, that's enough. Uh, at the bottom of the anaphylaxis table, it says there were four individuals in the anaphylaxis evaluation who died on the same day they were vaccinated. Although these patients experience adverse events, they are potential symptoms of anaphylaxis. They all had serious underlying medical conditions, and one individual appeared to also have COVID-19 pneumonia, apparently, or just pneumonia, um, that likely contributed to their deaths. Next uh, category here, we've got two to go. Vaccine-associated enhanced disease, or as we call it, antibody-dependent enhancement, where a person has had the jab, then has severe or unusual COVID-19 infection afterwards. I'm just going to say flu from now because they can't just disseminate between the two of them. No confirmed cases, but 317 potential cases, of which 37 of those had suspected 
flu, and 101 confirmed flu. 75 of the 101 were severe and needed hospitalization, led to disability or life-threatening consequences or death. This is the big one, folks. Pregnancy. Here we go. 270 cases of women that were pregnant after the jab and reported an adverse reaction. For 238 of these, no, uh, no known outcome. That is, we don't know if the baby or mother are okay. 32 of them ended in miscarriage or neonatal death. Even if we assume that 238 of no known outcome are okay, that means 32 or 12% of pregnancies ended in miscarriage or infant death. Average miscarriage rate in Australia is actually about 20%. Uh, in Australia, so not significantly higher. But if you actually add that 20% and the 12% from this particular group alone, you're sitting at about 32% or roughly a third. So can you imagine, folks, that's about a third of Australians will, Australian women who, have, uh, pregnant, who are pregnant and get the jab, a third of those pregnancies probably will not come to term and they'll end up in infant death or... Uh, yeah, or all or, or miscarriage. That's what I've been able to. Um, uh, well, actually, I had um, Claire. She's awesome. Extrapolate that particular points of interest from that particular data. But I just wanted to bring that to light, folks, because that is. Inc- we always talk about how these things are never. None of no vaccine ever has been tested on pregnant women. Um, and yet here we have <laughs> pregnant women being given these COVID nineteen jabs, and you know. Uh, 12% of them of these pregnancies ended in miscarriage or death. Fascinating, incredible, explosive information coming out of this this leak, folks. And uh, I hope everyone, I mean, I'll, I'll put all this information in the show notes as well so people can spread that, but just incredible. Uh, I'll throw to you first of all, Naomi. Um, you obviously had a good look at it. Um, that data as well, you've, uh, I just wanted to share that with you as well. Incredible stuff. But what do you, what's your take on that? And give us your take on the information and what you've been able to garner from it as well. Yeah, I was fascinated by the fact that the fatality rate of that cohort of 42,000 people was 3%. So if you get uh, an adverse reaction that you've reported, then yes, you have a higher chance of dying from that reaction than you would do from COVID in the community. That was one comparison somebody made in my Telegram group today. So yes, if you get... A reaction, you have a higher risk of dying. Mm. Unbelievable. Yeah, I know. I know. Also, let's point out too the, <laughs> in their table where they've got recovered slash recovering. No, 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 no. They're two different things. Recovering is the process of getting better, but it's not getting better. Recovered is fully recovered. So you can't put. Yeah, they've lumped them in the same one, haven't can't they? Do it. Mm. So how many of that that twenty thousand? people there how many were actually recovered because those recovering may never recover they may think they are now there's a book that comes to mind ethan how to lie with statistics exactly <laughs> Your favorite book because <laughs> that's what they're doing uh, that is exactly what they're doing right now they're finding a way to downplay those well the data i mean like you said, they've lumped in another category of recovered with recovering, but that doesn't mean they've recovered. You're right, exactly. Good point. Um, I might actually just throw to you first of all, Ethan, uh, as well. I mean, just the information I've just talked about just then and the points that I've been able to garner with the help of Claire. Uh, staggering, mate. Just unbelievable. And no wonder they wanted this locked up for 50 years, mate. Well, it is interesting, General, you know, unreal. 
when you take a look at it. I had a brief look at it this morning, and especially the part, you know, we were just talking about there, mentioning in terms of births and miscarriages and all this type of stuff. I am interested in when they did say that uh, it would take 55 years for this to be released, that's because they were going to release um, five I believe it was 50 pages each time, 50 pages a month or something like that was their limit. And I am interested to see because this document, um, which was reportedly obtained by this uh, group of doctors um, from these universities on this website here, um, it only has nine pages and it says page 38 at the bottom of one of the pages. Mm. So I'd be interested to see the rest of the report to see what has been released or if there is any or what the go is around that. But when you take a read at this just on face value, it's uh, pretty staggering. <laughs> and the most staggering part to me, mate, was the end where they say this aligns with what we have seen in uh you know, the trials that were undertaken before it was just given provisional approval. And here we are in our post-surveillance phase within the first couple of months analysing how it went. What we've seen, these massive numbers that you're talking about, they've said that, that well, that statistic aligns with, you know, the expected death rate. That's what they talk about in this report. Well, this is pretty much the expected death rate that we expected. And it's like, man, this is unreal you know to take a look at and to to realize this is the mentality of people and we remember bill gates said this at the start of the pandemic he said well you know if 10 percent of 7 billion people get a reaction that's 700,000 people we need to weigh up the benefits of the planet you know it's only 700,000 well that's what he was talking about and he said you know it's only 700,000 people that would get affected from it yeah and so it's interesting to see how this their mentality works and we know that this is the eugenics uh mentality that's been going on for a while now so to see this just through the reports and i'm sure with future leaks we'll be able to see even future information on this but yeah there's and they one of the things that they measure it against i notice is they talk about dosage you know it's always up against the amount of doses administered but you've got to realise most people are getting two three some countries starting to begin their fourth dosage mm -hmm. So that doesn't really, it's it's almost like, it, like say if you've got 20 billion doses on the statistics, it's almost like you're adding up the adverse reactions of people versus 20 billion people, you know, but it, it's against doses. So again, it goes back to statistics being manipulated as they've always done. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure the people, I know that personally and people around me have experienced this type of stuff now that have seen the results of this start to manifest so the fact that it's coming out now only just confirms the suspicions of everyone mate mm. yep absolutely and good point point. and i actually saw something today too i trying to find it just as well we're um starting the show and i'm struggling to bloody find where i saw it from but um oh, it might have been twitter i think i might have retweeted it. i'll have a quick look while i'm talking but uh someone put up and saying he was uh in the pharmaceutical and chemical industry and he's like um he's like i don't know how they've done this rollout of this many vaccines worldwide in such a short amount of time because he's like they don't have the infrastructure to do this this stuff would have started to have been manufactured like a year or two before it came out they're like there's no way this stuff came out when they said it did um, you know, a couple like five months or whatever it was for them to produce this stuff to produce 
that many millions of doses. They don't apparently because like they they just don't have the infrastructure to actually create these things. Um, and then not only that, but they don't have the staff to get it all done as well. Um, I'll try and find that that tweet as well. But uh, I might just quickly, Andy, uh, have you ever had a chance to have a look at uh, any of this this particular um, information that came out, or yeah, you know, just give us your thoughts on uh, on where we're at so far before I um, cross over and add you there. Look, I haven't actually like read. I've seen, I've seen the, you know, the leaked document like notification, but I haven't actually got stuck into the actual reading the material like you guys have. But, um, it's interesting listening to you, you know, like that you've reviewed it and everything. And and this this whole like um, manipulation of data. I mean, this has been going on for so long, and it was explained perfectly in the movie Vaxed, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. That's actually a good point. Um, insiders coming out and divulging this particular information because you know, uh, well, actually, I don't think this this was an insider leak. It wasn't Ethan. This was they had to release some of this, wasn't it? Or someone got some of these doctors got hold of this information. I'm trying to remember how. Yeah, general. It. Yeah, so there's a particular group. Uh, I had it up before. It's not um, Kennedy's group, is it? It's not the. It's a, it's not the children's I did have it up this stuff, morning. It? Yeah, it's like PC something. It's a PC. Anyway, I, I saw in yeah. a M- mainstream media article, msn.com, they were saying that the doctors, because you go on this website that it's come from, the source, if you just go to that website, it'll show you what they are. Um, they are a whole range of doctors that come from Harvard and all this type of stuff. And they were the ones that are actually challenging this in the courtrooms for them to release that information in the best interest is what the story that I understand is. And through this process, that's where it's come from. Well, it'll take us 55 years to do it. And now since that news, it's already been a month. So we've got the first pages and they've released this um, on their website. That's really the only source that you can find it from. And they've got court documents section there, but there's no court documents actually relating to this. So, you know, again, there's always the possibility that, again, this is something that isn't. But if you read the report, you can see that it'd be very hard to fabricate, um, you know, if you were just doing that up as some type of a scam. So Mm. it, it it was a group of professionals. I don't know if they were doctors, but just professionals at universities that have requested this, have been taking court action, and they are having success by the seams of it. But isn't isn't that in itself, that is absolutely sickening to actually think about. That it, That's what it takes to get this particular information from this manufacturer who is pumping this stuff worldwide, you know what I mean? And that's what it takes to try and get a hold of some of the data that they've been able, that they've had to, or they've been, they've been forced. If they didn't have to collect that data, they wouldn't have, you know what I mean? But they, there are laws in place that they have to collect this data as part of the manufacturing process and, and they're being a provider under the EUA and all that sort of shit worldwide. But they, so they have to provide some kind of data. And I, I guarantee you, if they, if they didn't have to, we wouldn't have a shred of evidence or any data collected as a result of uh, this particular <laughs> vaccine that's going around the world. Uh, but that's what I mean. I just want people to kind of get their head around it. This is what it's taken. And, and, and the other thing, this is three months worth from a single manufacturer. We're not talking Moderna. We're not talking AstraZeneca. We're not talking Johnson & Johnson. 
We're not talking any of these other so-called uh, companies that are pumping this uh, COVID-19 vaccine around the world. This is just Pfizer and just a three-month window. People yeah. need to get their head around that fact because the numbers we're seeing, Ethan, on, on that that little amount of data is absolutely staggering. For you know, 1,200 deaths in three months, and granted, again, like Naomi mentioned, we don't have an exact number of how many uh, doses have been administered in that time frame. Um, we can, we can, well, I guess we can make an educated guess. I mean, it could be a million, maybe two, maybe three. I'm not sure. Uh, but even then, you know, I mean, that's that's a staggering a number of deaths. And who wants to play? Who wants to put that needle in their Russian roulette uh, revolver and and have a have a crack? I certainly don't. That's for sure. Uh, Absolutely. And again, to the listeners out there, you just need to stress: this is only within the first couple of months. You know, this isn't even when the majority of people have taken up the vaccine. Remember, getting to 80, 60, 70%, that just doesn't happen within the first few months. This mm-hmm. has taken a long time. And the majority took it up once they were coerced in their workplaces and they were threatened with their livelihoods, which you know, could be up to a year after, which we've got to wait very long for to get those documents to see the bulk of people. So this is just within the initial phases of people taking this up. And so for their mentality to be like this is pretty staggering. And I'm glad that these researchers are uh, making it uh, transparent. I've got the name here. It's Public Health and Medical Professionals for Transparency. So if you go to phmpt.org for the listeners out there, you can go there and they're a nonprofit group. And there's a whole range of uh, people here. For example, Paul E. Alexander was a former WHO and PAHO and U.S. Health and Human Services Evidence Synthesis Consultant during the pandemic. He was a pandemic advisor, and there's just all of these people, global health uh, MDs and DOs and university professors, associate professors that are part of this group. And look at the, as going to your point before, General, these are the people that uh, have to come together just to get a little shred of evidence that they've tried to deny be released to the public for 55 years. You know, it took them how many months? A few months just to come up with all the vaccine safety data, 300,000 pages worth, but to release it, oh, that's going to take till, what, 2072 or 2076, whatever it is. Like, that's just unreal, mate. So I'm glad that these people are doing it, but it's crazy. It has to be all of these professionals demanding in the courts that this happens. Man. Yeah, and and <laughs> just to that point, I wanted to, I guess, reiterate that point because I kind of that was one of the points I missed as well. Yeah, it, it, this is what it's taken. It's taken this group of not any vaxxers, not bunch of Karens out there, or not a bunch of people who don't want the jab and are just fighting for freedom at a rally. These are hard-earning, working medical professionals, PhDs, MDs, like you said, all these amazing people around the world who have gone, whoa, no, 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 we want the data. Show us the data. Um, and yeah, medical professionals from around the world have, have asked for this. So people, again, need to get their head around that. This isn't just, you know, like I said, you know, the, the Karens out there or whatever you want to call them, the anti-vaxxers. Of course, we're not lumping ourselves in that group. Uh, yeah, these are the medical professionals that want this data from this company in a three-month window, and that's what we've seen. Um, Naomi, Lee, I'll just cross back to you, love. Like, seriously, that's what it's taken to get this data out there. Give us your thoughts on that. 
Oh, it's just crazy. In fact, what Ethan was just saying, yeah, that really hit home. Like they created this vaccine in a few months, but they want 55 years to get the information out. Oh, it's absolutely hilarious. Um, yeah, you know what struck me as I was reading this was something, I think it might have been Ethan again saying this part, but yeah, it was interesting how their conclusion is that the data did not reveal any novel safety concerns. So basically no new safety concerns were revealed. So it's like they knew about all of these things, all of them. Mm, yeah. <laughs> they were all already known. So there's nothing novel there. Oh, holy moly, because there's things like rectal bleeding and things like that. Like that, there's some scary stuff, mm, yeah. obviously, as well as the deaths. But there's Just... some really, really creepy things. Just before I, I continue on with yourself here, uh, Andy's got to shoot off very quickly. Uh, sorry, uh, uh, yeah, an, an unplanned exit from the podcast. So I'll just quickly throw to Andy to, to round up his his part of the show. Yeah, thanks, man. Um, look, yeah, sorry, I got some small issue going on, but um, but look, yeah, it's just like, exactly like you said, General. Like in regards to this one company and one small window of time, and and. And the other thing, too, is it's just it's the only um, bit of data that actually made the report. Right. How many thousands and thousands on top of that of people that sort of, you know, that their doctor didn't report it. Right. Or, exactly. Because it know, was passively collected. Yep. You know, all of this. And that that that's a huge number. I think that's the elephant in the room. You know, mm. if you can be generous and say that, like, this accounts for, say, you know, even 10, 10%, right? You still got another 90% on top of those figures that weren't, it didn't even make that report, you know? Exactly. So Good point. It's absolutely like insane. Um, yeah, man, that's just, uh, look, surely, surely the world has to wake up from the scandemic sometime soon. Yeah. Well, when, when family members are, you know, maimed or, or injured or, or worse, you know? Yeah, and that's all we can do. Anyone who knows anyone and, and is on the fence or um, maybe just is completely bewildered by the system, this is the sort of thing you need to send them. This this you know information coming from the manufacturer themselves needs to be sent to these people with key things highlighted to go, there you go, we weren't fucking lying. This is killing people. This is causing all these hosts of diseases, including things like Naomi said, rectal bleeding and stuff. Like, come on, wake up. You know what I mean? Like, don't go, don't line up for your booster or your second shot, you know? You know, it's hardly a conspiracy theory when the documents come from the manufacturer itself. Exactly, exactly. Good point, mate. Thanks for bringing that up too before you had to head off, man. appreciate that. Um, and just uh, as well, folks, I found that thing I was talking about. And again, take it at face value. It is from someone who posted on Twitter, but a gentleman uh, from the UK said, having worked in the chemical and pharmaceutical industry for almost three decades, I'd love to know the logistics of this clot shot manufacturer. For, all, uh, for if all the clot shot manufacturers combined were able to make this at a rate of one dose per second, it would take almost 32 years to make a billion doses. Where is all this coming from? Some people are onto their fourth dose. They want to vaccinate the population of the world several times. Yet, where are the new manufacturing facilities? Where is the mass staff recruitment? It would take a minimum of six months to train a technician in the very basics of vessel competency. I'm not sure about that. Uh, Naomi can probably speak to that point. Yet, here we are. An unlimited supply of this treatment. It's almost like it's been in stockpiled for years in advance. And I thought that he actually had some very good points there. 
You know, 32 years it would take to make a, a billion doses at one dose per second. Um, yeah, very... <laughs> I don't know what you guys think of that, now, Naomi and uh, Ethan, but that's, I think that's actually a very good point, you know. This stuff has, I think it's been, you know, stockpiled and been, and been made, you know, a long time ago. Well, you've always got to look at the logistics of things, mate. We're, yeah, we've I always agree. been very big on things, you know. I talk about it a lot when it has to do with things like population statistics and this type of stuff. You've got to look at the logistics. Who's really coming up with this? Who, If you really look at these things, mm. does it really make sense mathematically? Look at the vaccine targets and all this type of stuff. But, yeah, but I think that... Once you really analyse, how quickly did they come up with? And the excuse is always, oh, well, because previously there was regulatory boundaries and they were taken away and massive funding <laughs> was given to us and factories open. That's their excuse. But we know that this seems to have been in play for a very long time, this uh, great agenda that's going on. And who knows? These could have well been made in advance. I've spoken on the website um with a, a few people about we've found a few vaccines that have been used on animal populations in similar ways for decades now so who knows if they've been developing them at the same time since the 70s and 80s as they've been doing on animals it's very interesting to think of these things whether it's come in advance and it wouldn't surprise me if that's the case mate because we know that this has been planned for a long time yeah you really have to cast a skeptical eye over this stuff because I agree. Like we, we we've been skeptical of all the data and everything they've been putting out since the beginning of this stuff too, because it just doesn't add up. You know what I mean? We don't trust the numbers. We don't trust that you know that we're gradually hitting these you know seventy five, eighty, ninety five percent of the other population getting their single and double doses and all that. What a load of shit! When you look at the numbers, and Naomi can speak to this of the numbers down there in Sydney. Look at the numbers turning out to these rallies. Does it really think? And I made this point on a, on another podcast I was on just recently, um, and I'll talk about that shortly. But um, this this is something I've learned as well. There's, I guess it's the the eighty twenty rule in a sense. Um, that say for example, if you write a letter to your local representative, your your local minister of parliament, whatever, when they read that letter, say you've got a, a you know a grievance or whatever, when they look at that and they read that letter. They're looking at that and they're not reading that as one person has said this. They're looking at it as though about 20 people have sent this. So if, you know, uh, you know, a thousand people write a letter to them, that's 20,000 people that have written letters to them. That's how they look at it in terms of how the population feels uh, with this same person. So if you if you look at it and there's, you know, uh, Naomi, how many numbers do you reckon you had at that last Sydney rally down there? I mean... I guess people. Some people are saying around a hundred thousand. Well, let's um, let's multiply that by say by rule of twenty. You know what yeah. I mean? That's that's what is that? Two two million people that they reckon feel the same way. They may not have participated in the rally and turned up on the day, but that's how many people feel the same way. You know what I mean? So if and you need to kind of extrapolate that. That's a rough guess. But I mean, does that does that really sit well with everyone else out there that we're sitting at ninety, you know, eighty percent, whatever? I I think it's well below. I think it's probably around forty to fifty percent that they've probably reached with these with these jabs. That's my best guess, I reckon. Mm, interesting. Although some people did cut, some people who were vaccinated came because they're still pro freedom. So not everybody who went wasn't vaccinated. True, but I, I still think that would probably be a, a smaller percentage of the people at those rallies anyway. I don't think that would be. 
surely there's not that many, maybe a few thousand of them who have had their single or double jabs, I guess, but, um, you know, not willingly <laughs> forced to have them. But, uh, yeah. yeah, interesting point, though. Uh, anything else you wanted to bring in with regards to that um, Pfizer leak at all, Naomi? Well, I was interested that women seem to be more affected, and that could be for two reasons. One, because women are more likely to present to get medical help when they're, you know, having issues. But this is three times as much. Oh, I saw so that I was, too. Yeah, it was right. massive numbers. Right, exactly. So it looks, it does look like, even taking taking into consideration that females do present uh, quicker to seek medical help, the fact that it's three times makes me think that women do seem to be more susceptible to vaccine injury or the COVID vaccine, Pfizer vaccine injury. Mm. Yeah, interesting. I thought that was... Um... I thought that was interesting. I couldn't. I I was trying. I was struggling to think of a reason why that was the case. That um, that actually makes sense. That you sort of mentioned that that you know men are probably less likely. You know, a lot of a lot of guys don't want to go to the doctor when something happens to them and stuff. Um, and I know, <laughs> I know people who think that way as well. I know guys that actually think that way as well. So that's that's definitely probably part of it uh, as the reason why there was more women uh, reporting uh, adverse events in this thing. Uh, yeah. yeah, incredible, folks. We'll put links in the show notes for everyone to check out that data as well. Uh, what's what's happening down your way as well, um, Naomi? Is there anything happening down uh, in your world uh, in terms of you know uh, activism or anything else that you're up to lately? Well, um, the rally was great last weekend. That was nice. And so I got to speak at that. That was wonderful. And um, yeah, nothing. Just, you know, we've obviously had this long lockdown and this sort of semi-reopening. Well, it has reopened. Everyone's back to normal, but we're just not supposed to be back to normal. But my kids are back at school. So life feels quite normal right now. That's good. Relatively. Apart from the fact I can't go into my kid's school and I can't go to the hairdresser and, you know, all those sorts of things. The atmosphere here does feel good. Um, there's a huge shift from a few months ago. I'm not sure if you guys have that tense atmosphere out where you are, but we don't have that here anymore. People are pretty chilled. We're, I think we're kind of coming into it, aren't we, Ethan? <laughs> I think people are getting a bit tense because yeah. <laughs> because they're waiting for this deadline of um, December 17th to roll around and they're kind of getting a bit anxious as to what's going to happen. I know like, even myself and my wife, we've kind of talked about it. We're like, oh, maybe we should go and see her. Because ages and ages ago, we've got... We cashed in some uh, uh, like freebie tickets we've got to go see a movie. We've had them for ages and we haven't used these free movie tickets. We're like, oh, we're sort of waiting for something to go and see. We haven't really kind of felt like it and the timing's never been right. And and now that we've seen that there's a movie coming out we want to watch and we're like, oh, fuck. It's like the day of or the day before or after I think the, the restrictions kick in. We're like, damn it, we're not going to get to use these fucking tickets. And like, we're, what, else, what else is going to happen? We're kind of, yeah, we're just kind of anxious about what's really going to happen. And she's like, oh, are we going to go to the shops? Am I going to get, am I going to be able to go to Kmart and buy shit? Or, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, fuck, am I going to go to be able to go to Bunnings and buy things for work? Because, you know, doing the gardening and stuff. I'm like, oh man. So I am a little bit, we're a little bit on, on edge at the moment. We're a bit anxious as to what is actually going to happen. Um, but like I said, I still think it's going to be up here. I think it'll be, it's very different to down there. We've kind of mentioned that many times before on the show that things are a little bit different up here in Queensland. Um, there's a lot more of a groundswell of activism and people just don't want to do this kind of stuff. We're kind of over it. We've seen what's happened. We've seen the foundations that have been laid by Victoria and New South Wales. You know, So I think Queensland has been sort of sitting up here going, yeah, we don't want to do that. <laughs> so I think it might not be as bad 
but we'll probably still have that, like I said, week to two weeks of pain, and then it'll be, ah, uh, yeah, whatever, you know, just walk in, go do your thing, do what you want, uh, which would be good. Um, Maybe I should move. <laughs> come on up to Queensland, I tell you, it's so much better up here. <laughs> <laughs> the property prices are better anyway. Um, yeah. Right. <laughs> now, in terms of what we, we mentioned uh, at the beginning of the show, we our last episode, we had a wonderful gentleman by the name of Derek Bros on from the Conscious Resistance Network over there in, um, he's based in Mexico now and he um, has a website called freedomcells.org so we kind of we're at that point now Naomi and I'm not, I wanted to know if you've been sort of seeing the same thing or hearing utterings of it happening uh, in the circles that you sort of run in but we're kind of wanting to create this parallel society in a sense up here uh, well in, around the world in uh, in general we don't want to, you know, we want to connect with other like-minded people. We want to have, you know, f- you know, food security, water security, you know, uh, create our own um, communities, um, you know, whether it be in terms of schooling and looking after each other when, you know, when the segregation sets in. And uh, there's a lot of preparation work happening behind the scenes with a lot of groups starting up. Uh, Andy and, and myself, um, we're in this, you know, a Logan up here in this region called Logan City, a Logan group of... Uh, kind of like-minded activist kind of people what you know it, it's the beginnings of you know a, a group that when the shit hits a fan we can all rely on each other to help each other out with regards to whatever it might be skills or food or whatever it is you know what i mean so there's this concept that's been evolving and it's really kicking off uh, around the world and particularly in australia we've noticed it recently as well and ethan also has uh, for his uh four members of his group there's these new things happening you can jump in his discord servers and there's um off-grid living and um, you know, self-sustainability kind of groups kicking off, and uh, I'll get Ethan to talk about it shortly. But you know, he's sort of starting up these. Um, uh, actually, I might just throw it to you now, Ethan. What's what's this um, thing that you've organised with Russell coming up in uh, in January? So just encourage a few a few new members to the site as well. Yeah, general. So for any four members out there listening that haven't seen it, we've got a member workshop planned uh, for early January. You can check out the full uh, details on the website. It's going to be a great day. I'm going to be a guest speaker there. Uh, There's going to be entertainment and fun and music and speeches. And we're just going to connect and and build upon some of the concepts that we've been talking about on the website really since the pandemic started. And I encourage everyone out there, as General mentioned, yeah, to learn some skills and check out the episode last week if you haven't with Derek Bros, um, just to take a look at the freedom cell concept and some of the things that, you know, we've been doing and encourage you to do those types of things and connect and Make sure you've got a strong network for all the things that are coming up because, as we've seen, General, the perpetual disease virus cycle is going to continue into 2022, and it doesn't seem like it's going to slow down anytime soon. In fact, it's just heating up here in Australia. So we're going to have to see where things goes, but at the same time, you know, we've again, we've spoken about is it really yep. going to be enforced, all this stuff? So I believe that there's still opportunities to live within the system as let's say ghosts so to speak as we just sort of blend in with the rest of the the people that are going about their business and try not to be as segregated as possible those people that choose their own medical freedom and if things get worse you know you've got a network there for whatever happens so i encourage everyone just to take those concepts on board 
as we continue into the new year. Yeah, even if it's just for, you know, just basic emotional support too, just people to talk to and to, you know, allay your fears with and, you know, and just to connect with and say, yeah, this has happened to me. And when when you find out that it's happening to other people too, people, because a lot of people, we talked about this before, a lot of people think they're alone in this too. So um, we mm. want people to know that they're not alone in this. There are, in fact, many groups starting up all over the country that want to connect together that want to help each other out that have things to offer each other and just like ethan was saying i encourage all the listeners to jump over to tgtnews.com join up if you if you even become a full member even if you just do it for a month or two whatever but get involved and you could learn some uh, some really cool uh, cool skills you know we're doing talking things like uh what like no dig gardening setups and um yeah, there's going to be some cool um organic mm. food to, to to buy and to you know maybe get involved in some food co-op stuff like really cool stuff that is of course we are basing this queensland only because that's where we are however we do encourage if anyone else is out there listening who wants to start up something like this perhaps in new south wales you know down where you are naomi as well there's groups forming everywhere who are doing this and we encourage mm-hmm. folks to do so you know talk about it publish it join other groups and say look what we're doing you know what i mean like you guys should try this and you know we had success with this type of stuff you know whatever it might be even if it's just things like you know maybe you want to show someone how to set up a garden maybe you want to show someone the right things to plan at the right times of year or how to set up uh, solar panels and, and collect energy or you know whatever it is there's so many things it's it's really open to a lot of stuff and we encourage everyone to do it and to start sharing it you know, share it with us and we'll talk about it here on the show as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, mate. It's um, time to take action. And for everyone else that's not in other states, I hope to bring those types of workshops down to other states and mm. sort of meet up with everyone. But if I can't get down, I'm going to encourage members to coordinate with each other and do it themselves down there, you know, sort yep. of communicate with them just to experience a network mate because we do have the power of technology at our hands which we can use still safely and securely if we understand it and use the right things and we can use this type of magic which these people have sort of corrupted and used for the worst to use design to enslave us more and to surveil us more we can use it um, in the opposite way to keep in touch and keep connected it's a it's we would be in a completely different world if we didn't have technology right now, if we weren't just mm. speaking across the airwaves right now. How different would our realities be? <laughs> so we need to use this while we can to uh, connect and to make sure we're as strong as possible. Mate, I'll be sitting here with a, with a ham radio doing it if I have to, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's it, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I wanted to just cross to, to yourself there, Naomi. Have you, have you so in, in light of what we've just spoken about there, we're talking about this movement that's happening in the country and we're going to keep covering it here because... That's that's the direction we see Australia kind of going in these smaller groups, looking after each other, setting up all around the country, um, you know, ready to help each other out in a moment's notice. Um, have you have you yourself seen that? Are you experiencing that yourself? Are you involved in any of this? Would you like to be like just tell us tell us your thoughts? That's just yeah, just hearing you both speak, it's it's just so expansive. It just feels so expansive having that conversation because that is the way we we do need to go and to co-create that parallel reality. Although I love this idea of ghosting Ethan that you were referring to. That's so cool and that's so true. I was inspired this week because there was an article in um I don't know if it was uh, the Epoch News on the Amish and how they've how they've survived COVID. But it really got me thinking like they are a parallel civilization within a civilization and they're independent and they have their own rules and they're allowed to do it. It just got me thinking, yeah, we, we, we need to do that. But I guess we, you know, we we are most of us integrated within like we're living within the same areas. So having these groups 
within the suburbs, for example, like we can't all like pack up and go and move to Mullumbimby, you know, we can't all do that. So we do need to, yeah, create something where we can sort of stay where we are, but have that network. I love it. Yeah. And I would love to get involved with something like that. Mm. I love gardening anyway. I'm always doing no dig. Yeah, that's awesome. I actually have seen a lot of the yeah the info you put up on Facebook and stuff. You're you're always out in the garden doing stuff. It's good to see. <laughs> well, that's the sort of stuff you can share. You can share those, not just you know uh, look what I'm doing, but you know teach people and maybe do some little videos and say that this is what I've done. Maybe you'll have success with this. But I would just say keep your finger on the pulse, Naomi, because this is the sort of stuff that it's it's really be- it's gaining momentum. Uh, Ethan and I have sort of seen this for the last couple of months, and a lot of people are just it, they're just bringing it up organically too. That this is pe- what people are moving towards. They've seen it happen overseas, uh, and they're starting to do it here. And um, yeah, you'll be you'll be surprised at how there's so many groups. Um, oh, I think it's we, so lovely. Yeah, we. Should, I think what I, about the common law stuff? Because I'm interested in this idea. Because there are some groups that are literally creating their own type of. I don't know what the word. I don't know what to call it. It's 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 more than a community because they they're going by common law and they have their own. Yeah, like a like, like their own yeah. um, particular system set up that covers. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like, yeah, law and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Well. I have seen a bit of that too. That's to me, that's quite interesting. But um, in in for my opinion on that is that I think that's they're a few steps ahead. I think they're just a few too many steps ahead. I think they need to kind of people need to kind of scale it back a little bit and and just think a little bit more small, a little bit more um, community minded. Well, put it this way, Naomi, the, the, the theory behind these freedom cells goes, uh, you know, a lot of people have written about this before in the past and Derek Bros has kind of, sort of taken this and run with it, but he's based it on the, on the, the number of about eight people in a group, seven, eight, nine, eight being the primary number of how these little groups, that particular number works the best in terms of people looking after each other, because if any more, People get disinterested. They might not turn up for meetings or to catch-ups. Uh, any any too few, and it's you're not going to get enough done. Eight seems to be a good number of getting that many like-minded people together. And it's a good number to be able to help each other out. Um, so it, when you start talking in terms of hundreds of people in a community trying to set this up, I, it, it, that's just a bit. I'm not mm. saying don't do it. I'm just saying it's just a bit too far it forward so thinking. It feels so big, yeah, and it feels like you can't achieve it. So why even try? But Correct. Yeah, eight, that's that that's does achievable. happen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think that's what I mean. So that's why we kind of like that kind of smaller number. I'm not saying that's what people have to do. If they want to put 20 in a group and they're all helpful, they're going for it and teaching each other new skills and learning lots of stuff and buying land together in a little co-op or whatever it might be, you know, like that's the sort of thing that's awesome. If it works, it works. Um, I'm just talking of what people have seen in the past and what, what um, Derek Bros has talked about in the past as well, what he's seen seems to work best. Um but I think that's what people need to do. Just sort of, yeah, start small. Start up a little group. Invite some friends in that you know who you talk to regularly, perhaps, who you know are close by. Um, seems to work best in terms of um, actual geographic locations as well. So people within perhaps a 15 to 20 minute drive from your exact location. So if anything does happen, people can reach each other fairly quickly. It's also not too far to go to catch up for face-to-face meetings as well at people's houses, you know, so... Um, definitely a close geographic location seems to work best um, that's why Ethan said earlier trying to encourage people to set these things up uh, themselves in other states where we, if we can't get to them to help but yeah we'll provide the tools and we can provide you know pictures videos links to anything that might help each other it's it's, it's all about sharing that community spirit and, and uh, passing that information on down the line as well perfect yeah um Cool. Uh, anything else you want to bring to the table, folks? I had one more thing to go over, but I thought I'll throw it to you guys first of all. 
No, nothing from me. All right. Ethan, you good? Yeah, general, whatever you want to talk about. It's uh, There's no uh, short span of news around, so we can talk about whatever. Yep. All right. Well, I just wanted to, of course, send... P- I haven't put anything up lately because I've been uh, a bit busy. It's my busy period at the moment. Um, Queensland weather this time of year. Whew. Jeez, I'm busy. Um, but Ethan's, of course, been... As we're always pumping out the uh, the information there, always sending people over to tttnews.com. Lots of good info covered there, some you know from all around the country and around the world as well. Uh, so always encourage the listeners to get over there and check it out as well. I wanted to have a quick shout out to the, um, the boys from the Clown World and the Covidiots, a, a brand new podcast which has uh, started up. Uh, two chaps, uh, Tamati and Stu, based on the uh, New South Wales Central Coast. Uh, both really down to earth, awesome, awesome guys, and uh, uh, they've done about I think seven episodes of their podcast, and uh, they had myself on as their first guest of the show. Uh, so just they wanted to do, well, I wanted to do a shout out to them to say thanks for having me on, and they're, they're listeners of the show. They, it's funny, Ethan, because uh, I asked them, you know, you know, how they got onto us, and uh, he heard Tamati heard you having a chat to Patrick Henningsen. Um, Okay. Yep. Yeah. So we heard that. I think you mentioned you know the either your website or, or the podcast or whatever. You, and then he was like, oh. So he looked it up, and then he's like, oh, oh, there's guys doing a podcast. And then he got onto the general knowledge podcast. He's like, wow, these guys have done like heaps of shows. Like, so he got onto that, and he contacted me through there. And he's like, yep, yeah, let's, let's can you have a chat? I'm like, awesome. Yeah, it sounds good. Beautiful. Um, yeah. Yeah, but awesome. they they were they they had some pretty cool shows, and they they do it over Zoom. So it was my first uh, actual Zoom. Uh, podcast as well so i i did a swap cast and put that up for my members uh so if you always if any of the members uh, anyone wants to join up and listen to that and support what i do head over to patreon i'll put a link in the show notes as well and you can check out that one as well and i thought i didn't mind it actually i might actually start doing a few new um any any other bonus shows i'm doing i might try and do some zoom ones with my uh, with my members only so uh before we perhaps merge into doing that for the uh for the main show that, that could be uh coming up in season five or maybe even later in season four we'll see what happens uh, but you might get our ugly mugs uh, on the screen. <laughs> I'm sure you'll love you boys will love that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> should be fun though. Anyway, uh, but yeah, so I'll put a link in the show notes for their um, for their podcast. They they tend to put it up over at BitChute as well, but I'll, I'll put that in for the show notes for for people to go and check out and support what they're doing. Um, one thing they did bring up, which I thought was quite interesting as well, uh, Stu on the show was having a look over at the TGA, the data that we put out here in this country for adverse events you know deaths from the COVID shot and all that sort of stuff and when he grabbed it and had a look so he, he basically just did a drag and drop highlighted all the information they were putting up on their spreadsheet on their site and dropped it into you know an excel spreadsheet and then just tabulated you know did the the sum summed it up at the bottom and on the day that he did it they actually had more deaths right more deaths it was about 1900 deaths due to the vaccine as opposed to deaths from COVID, which is, I think was sitting at about, what is it, about sixteen or 1,800, you know, according to the world meter or whatever, of deaths of, uh, of actual COVID in this country, uh, if you want to believe it anyway. But So it, the vaccine deaths had actually um, beaten deaths of COVID itself. More deaths from the COVID vaccine than deaths from COVID itself. So um, there, you go, there you go. Stick that in your, in your pipe and smoke it, uh, government, because uh, that was unbelievable. But what it gets even uh, more interesting, guys, is when he checked it, he, he thought, wow, that's incredible. So he they did a video of it, they talked about it. When he went back, he'd been keeping an eye on it since November, and he kept looking at it every day. And when he was dragging it and dropping it in, 
like the next day it went down, it they actually reduced it down to about 1500. So it was still below. And then it went up to like 1600 and then went back down to 1400. And then they, every day it was different. The, these numbers were literally changing every day when he was having a look on the TGA website. And now it's gone back down. To, I can't remember what it is now. I'd have to have a quick look at it. But um, yeah, it went right back down again as well too. So they're, they're literally fudging the numbers uh, on a daily basis to make it seem, this is what it looks like, to make it seem like the disease uh, is still worse than uh, the vaccine deaths that are apparently being reported to it. So isn't that interesting as well? And that uh, they actually talked about that on the show too. So I found that quite interesting. We, we kind of went over that kind of data as well. Uh, but it was good. Great chatting to these, those guys. So I'll put a link in the show notes as well to uh, to their work. So um, they've just joined the, the, my Telegram group as well. Uh, but yeah, we might, uh, we might leave it there. Um, I think um, that's pretty much all I wanted to cover for this show with our, uh, our lovely guest. And I thank her so much for your time. It was really good to connect with you again and to, to go over a bit of that incredible um, Pfizer data. Thanks, Naomi. It was lovely to talk to you guys again. Thank you for having me. Uh, you're welcome. We'll, we'll catch up again soon and uh, all the best. Make sure you stay in touch as well. Ethan, thanks, okay. thanks for your time uh, as always, brother. Thanks, mate. Always a pleasure and uh, good to chat with you, Naomi. I encourage everyone out there, definitely uh, look up Naomi on... Uh, we'll leave links because I believe what you're... Uh, Miss Tinkerbell or something now on a few <laughs> platforms, Naomi. So it's a bit... Uh, is it, it t- Telegram's probably the best, I reckon, to follow you. Telegram's good. Naomi Cook, yeah. former, former RN, I think it is, yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll put the yeah, link up so in the show notes. We'll leave, we'll leave some links, but I encourage everyone to uh, check out Naomi. She's always uh, sharing great information, so make sure you go check her out. Uh, all right, folks, thanks again. Um, we hope you enjoy the show. If you want to get in touch with us or have any questions, please um, jump in the comments, uh, share it on Facebook, whatever. You can reach us, email me. The email is on the Podbean page as well. Um, yeah, we look, look forward to getting back to you. Thanks again.
Just a 